We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for our free contest entry today. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined every Monday by Benny Ricciardi as we are back again covering all the latest fantasy basketball news. We're going to be breaking down the Sunday box scores for Fantasy Impact, and we're going to talk about uh, some, play- some replacement centers. For those of you who have some issues at the center position, we'll talk about um, the best you can do on the waiver wire to replace some of your schleps that may or may not be named Roy Hibbert. So we're going to be talking about that on this show. 
Uh, don't forget to check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. The RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Benny, how did the weekend treat you, sir? Uh, I was pretty good, actually. You know, last weekend I was stuck in the house all weekend with uh, two and a half feet of snow outside. So I actually got to watch more basketball last weekend. But, you know, got out with the kids a little bit this weekend. It was a good time. All right. Excellent. Uh, yeah, for me, um, same old, same old. You know what? I spent a lot of time actually just uh, catching up on on a lot of NBA stuff. Got to get in a, a lot of different games with the action on Friday, Saturday night. Loving that ABC has the primetime games. Uh, mm. Now, where the Cleveland SmackDown uh, San Antonio, they do they do look like a transformed team, and we're actually going to talk about that just a little bit. Um, not necessarily uh, for that entire game because that was a Saturday Saturday game, and we're we're breaking down Sunday. But um, we were just talking about that a little bit on the show about how they look like they're at a different pace. They're getting Kevin Love more involved, mm. and uh, we like his outlook for the rest of the season. So 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 some people who you know we're sort of frustrated or have been sending offers out for kevin love now is the time for you to take advantage because it is a completely different situation uh right now on that yeah. team if you if you even just look at their recent game logs you know they're scoring and giving up a lot more points which you know is usually an indication without even looking at the pace numbers that you know the pace is up for them and that's going to help them for fantasy value you know we were actually talking about it before like even a guy like matthew della is now you know playing with them playing faster is putting up better numbers to the point where you know if you're in a 12 team league and you need like a backup point guard he is a very viable option he's somebody you got to like take a look at yeah absolutely so i i, I think there's a, a lot of value to be had there so um we'll we'll, we'll take a look at how that ends up um shaking out overall but they this is what lebron was actually asking for and hoping for and, it, and i was a little bit surprised that like not only was David Blatt not sort of complying with the um, we we know the the who runs that team. That's LeBron James. He asked to to play less minutes and asked and said, "Let's get you know um, Kevin Love more involved." And you know, despite the first place record, you can really argue with the results. Though neither of those things were happening at an effective level. LeBron's minutes had not come down, and Kevin Love was not more involved uh, in the offense. And then boom, what do you know? Uh, coaching change happens, and despite the rough uh, rough start. Those those things are starting to come a little bit more to fruition. So uh, definitely something to watch. Hopefully, I think the arrow is going to be up on Kyrie Irving, and the arrow is going to be up on Kevin Love. The thing is, is like Kyrie Irving hasn't exactly got there just yet, but Kevin Love has already sort of raised his own stock with this uh, level of recent performance. So the window is quickly closing on him if you want to get involved. Yeah. All right. Um, let's go ahead and do uh, some quick hitters here with the latest headlines. Uh, coming across the NBA. No timetable for Tim Duncan's return, according to the San Antonio Express News, uh, battling a sore right knee. So this looks like we're going to see more uh, David West, Boris Diaw, and uh, Boban Marjanovic, sort of like as a three-headed monster manning the front court. Something to keep an eye on there. Ian Mahimi is, uh, looks like he's going to be ruled out against the Cavs uh, for Monday. So this gives me more um, action for Jordan Hill and more action for Miles Turner, two guys we like, but that is a bad defensive matchup overall um, in terms of uh, you know, taking advantage of that spot. Uh, the Jazz are considering acquiring Jeff Teague in a trade, according to uh, multiple sources told to KSL.com. So wow. um, no formal contact has been made. But, you know, how do you um, consider that without talking to Atlanta? I don't get that report. 
Uh-huh, yeah, so. well, I guess I guess you just float it out there to see if they'll be like, oh, we'll talk to you. So, you know, I guess I guess that's, you know, with social media, that's the new way to do things, I guess. Yeah, in the classic coaching, uh, you know, change move here, the, the team with the, one of the worst rosters in the NBA fires its coach like that, it's going to matter. This is, just reminds me of, like, Mike D'Antoni and, and everybody else who's ever had a bad team, like, you know, um, getting rid of their coach. I mean, if you're going to do that, you can do that to Brett Brown, like, a long time ago. Uh, yeah, the, the Suns I'm, fire Jeff Hornacek. No really surprise there. Did have some battles with various guys like Markeith Morris, but I don't think it's actually going to do anything in terms of affect the season. So, um, yeah, know. I mean, I don't think they were a playoff roster with you know Bledsoe healthy. Without Bledsoe, I mm-hmm. definitely don't think that. I mean, they're probably more likely to be you know a top three in the lottery than they are to be in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Uh, Lakers have lost 10 straight games, uh, by the way, and uh, Roy Hibbert has gone scoreless with two points and three blocks in 21 minutes. We're going to p- press pause on that, but sort of give you the impetus for why people are concerned about what's happening in, in L.A. and, um, you know, what, uh, you know, what are the situations, you know, surrounding them and, and how we see that outlook for the second half as we ramp up there. Um but, Nice, nice thing here to see here. The uh, Williams and Kid Grill Chris combo both go for nineteen and twelve. Uh, Marvin Williams hit four trays. Um, uh, Michael Kidd just hit three assists and two trays with a steal in twenty eight minutes. So the minutes are ramping up here. I, I think we have to say for the most part for those people who sat on the sidelines and thought that you might need to t- take some time before you picked up MKG. He looks like a pretty safe ad uh, overall right now, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, if he's still available, you should be running to your waiver wires right now. And if you're in that league and you're playing for money, give me a call next year because I, I want to be in it if he's still available there. Yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, once we saw that he was going to make the return and that you saw that he was going to have a significant role that wasn't going to be like, you know, warm him up back up with 11, 12 minutes again. This is a part of the problem is they have a lot of injuries on that team with Jeremy Lin, but Toombin banged up Jeremy Lamb. Mm. So they actually just what, you know, good or bad, they need him to play a, a significant role right off the bat here. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's definitely getting the minutes. So, um, yeah, that's uh, sort of an important thing for uh fantasy impact yeah. right now and and i love him for fantasy because he helps you in a, in a couple stats mm-hmm. that you don't normally see out of a small forward like his scoring is not usually something that's going to give you like a plus but he rebounds really well for a small forward he gets you a lot of defensive stats you know and he does a little bit of everything so he helps you across the board so if he if he's available you definitely should be picking him up right now yeah uh, and then the last thing you need to know is Alex Len, who's been alternating between having monster games and disappearing, quiet off the, uh, for 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, you know, so here's here's rule number one: everything can now officially change now that Jeff Hornacek is gone. Because when a new coach comes in, he probably mm-hmm. has a different idea about who should be playing uh, in the rotation uh, versus not. And the second thing you need to know is they've been matchup playing Alex Len versus bigger teams and rolling out smaller lineups with you know Toledovich and Markeith Morris at the power forward. Uh, along with Tyson Chandler, when they get into play teams like you know that have don't have a traditional power four that are playing sort of a stretch four or play a faster pace, so you're never going to be able to trust um, Alex Lynn day to day unless they keep everything that that the way that it is intact right now. Which means when you see two big traditional bigs like they have, for instance, at the Utah Jazz, then you know what to expect with Alex Lynn. Even as long as he's announced in the starting lineup, then you know he's going to be in the you know 20 to 25 plus minutes or more range rather than the 15 minute range like he was. Uh, yesterday, so that's something that you're sort of have to going to have to uh, keep in 
keep track of uh, from day to day if you own him in a season-long league and or if you're playing him in DFS, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend anyway, but you can maybe derive some value in, in the right spots um, in, the, in the right matchups. Um, that's going to cover it for the majority of the news here. Let's talk about the first game on board for Sunday. Uh, this was the uh, 1230 West Coast game. Uh, for those of you playing those early slates for or DFS or uh, in daily leagues that had to uh, worry about lineup lock, the Chicago um, Bulls once again are just like an anomaly this season. I, I you know what what blew my mind is that uh, Fred Horberg came out and said, "Yeah, we're good with the roster we have." I'm like, really? Because you lost Joakim Noah and um, you know you, every you alternate taking turns beating good teams and getting beat by schleps. So they really haven't fully bought into the system overall. Um, so big time blowout here. Uh, your your thoughts on this box score for Fantasy Impact? Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose, um, you know, d- get it done. Paul Gasol had a nice game with 15 and 14, but it really didn't matter because this game got out of hand really quick uh, for the for Chicago and the LA Clippers. Yeah, you know, a couple things that I noticed actually. You got Etwan Moore, who seems to be the starter and playing a lot of minutes right now. So. Jimmy Butler's almost kind of slid over to the three. Um, you know, him and Moore. Moore's listed as the forward, but, you know, the two of them have basically interchangeable on the guys that they guard on the wings. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, Taj Gibson's going to get an uptick in minutes with Noah being out and Miritich being out. Um, also makes Bobby Portis a little bit interesting for now. But um, one of the things that I've noticed with the Bulls is that Derrick Rose has taken on a little bit more of an offensive role. Um, still can't guard anybody on defense. It's still a good idea to start guys you got playing against them. But offensively, you know, that's what we really care about for fantasy. And he's starting to score, getting a couple more assists. You know, he's always been a good rebounder for a point guard with his size and athleticism. So I think I like Derrick Rose a little bit more now than I did earlier on in the season. Yeah, I agree. You have to agree with you there as well. So the way I'm looking at this here is um, – the Bulls are going to be a like a basically untrustworthy team. Derrick Rose had a nice game like this, uh, but you know overall, you you really don't know what to expect um, from anybody else other than Gasol and Jimmy Butler. I don't know if Eton Ward is going to get uh, major minutes, and you know ten, Tony Snell is going to get shifted to the bench, and you don't know when you can uh, how much you can you can trust out of Bobby Portis and Todd Gibson has been you know. 11, seven points and eleven rebounds is fine with two blocks, but it's really just a deep league only play. If you're in a twelve team league, you're yeah. going to be in trouble. You're going to be playing from behind if you're expecting Taj Gibson to to, to produce for you on a consistent basis. You still don't care about anybody at the at the forward position for the most part for the LA Clippers. It's all about Chris Paul, JJ Redick, uh, DeAndre Jordan, and to a less extent Jamal Crawford, who went off in this game. So, you know, Wesley Johnson, to me, is going to be like a crapshoot at best overall. He came off the bench. He played 20 minutes. So the, the, the four position is just going to be an overall fade from there. And you and Chris Paul is always going to be uh, a, a pretty strong play, although he didn't have to do nearly as much in this game because uh, J.J. Riddick and Jamal Crawford pulled more than their, their weight this time around. So I'm actually glad you mentioned J.J. Riddick because I, I picked him up on a couple teams. I mean, if you're in a, a league that three-pointers matter – um, and even if you, even if you're in a league that three pointers don't matter, like he's been good enough this year that he deserves to be on, you know, uh, teams in a ten man league, and, and you know could even be one of the guys that you're starting at the guard spot, you know, if you play with like utilities and stuff. Like he's scored that well, and you know picked up a couple assists and rebounds and the other stuff. But the three pointers alone make him a viable guy that you got to play. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a guy that. Um, has been, I guess, sort of underrated just a little bit in terms of what he brings to the table, uh, fancy wise. 
And, um, you know, J.J. Redick is going to be a guy that they have to lean on basically the rest of the season since Blake Griffin switched over to boxing. So, um, you know, we're, we'll, we'll have to keep tabs on that there. But he's basically essentially their, their, their second best score outside of Chris Paul. So definitely viable for the rest of the way. Um, you know, but he's, you know, he's still a two category guy. It's just really, you know, threes and, and points into a lesser extent free throws. Uh, not going to give you a ton else, but that, that volume is going to be much higher than it was previously. Uh, now that they, they, they have a need for him to sort of, you know, carry more than his normal weight in terms of the scoring load. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next box score here. Boston at Orlando, uh, one high paced uh, total overall. This is unlike a normal Boston game. It's, uh, 114 to 119. Or um, uh, Orlando finally gets it done. They've sort of been struggling a little bit under 500. This is a good win for them because Boston is a is one of the strongest defensive teams in the East uh, uh, overall. So your thoughts on uh, this box score and some of the interesting things that happen with uh, Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier? Yeah, there's. I think there's interesting things on both sides here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with with Boston. All the guys, I guess Jay Crowder is somebody you could say gets enough minutes that he's a viable option, but I don't really love him for fantasy. Like, if I needed a guy and he was like, I don't want to say waiver wire because he's probably not on anybody's waiver wires, but I mean, you don't jump for joy if you're rolling out Jay Crowder. But he's solid enough that he he should be someone that's rostered. But I do think that all three of these Celtics guards are guys who deserve to be on fantasy teams because even though Marcus Smart doesn't start, you know, Isaiah and Avery Bradley should already be old, but even though Smart doesn't start, he's playing about 30 minutes a game, and he's producing very well. Like, he's putting up, you know, basically the same numbers that you're getting out of Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas in, you know, a few less minutes coming off the bench. So if you think that, you know, Thomas and Bradley are guys that should be rostered, I think Marcus Smart is in that same group and should be on rosters right now if you think he's, you know, all those guys are probably like, 10-team viable, definitely 12-team, you know, should be rostered. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So those are, that's something that you're going to have definitely have to, like, pay and consistent attention to going, going forward because, um, you know, the, if if one of those guys gets unplugged like like Marcus Smart did during the season, then then you're going to get an arrow up on the rest of the, um, you know, minutes, shots, and usage from that, that same group, from Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, and, and even Jay Crowder. So, um, and then, you know, for, for whatever reason, Avery Bradley has stepped up into, like, the most, the highest minute range um, player overall, 38 minutes in this game, which is you never see um, Brad Stevens do for anybody. So that's something to a little bit mm-hmm. pay attention to overall. Probably, like, yeah. Isaiah Thomas, to me, is probably still the safest guy in terms of one player to own that you know will be fantasy productive. But, you know, Avery Bradley right now is a very close second. And I don't care what happens in the front court with Amir Johnson and and uh, Jared Sullinger and Kelly Olenek. Those guys are just, it, it's they're interchangeable in, in my mind. Yeah, it's, you know? so, it's so hard to predict any of them. But to kind of build on what you were saying, too, about Bradley, there's been times where Smart, Thomas, and Bradley are all on the court together. And I think that's kind of what's hurting Jay Crowder's minutes a little bit. I think he's losing out a little bit to, you know, when Boston goes with the three-guard lineup. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So that's going to be something that we're going to have to pay attention to going forward. Um, the last thing I'm going to say here about this game is Mario Hazona for the first time played major minutes and did damage there as well. So that could be the sort of key missing piece for them off the bench uh, in, in terms of fantasy value. So what they've done is um, they were, they're going with – a, a two-guard set and really no, um, you know, additional point guard help. Uh, C.J. Watson doesn't make it into the game. Uh, you know, Fournier and Hazonia, he, Fournier 
did big time damage into in just 23 minutes, 24 points, got hot from three, four, or five, and Hazonia balled out, had his best game of the season, seven of 13, three of six. This is their number one draft pick, who um you know we who you know we talked about there in the preseason. He compared himself to um you know Lionel Messi in terms of like you know how good of a, a how watchable his his NBA game is. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's some serious swag right over there, and he's never been shy about scoring the ball, and this could be the, the bench punch that they've been missing to sort of put them over the top there. Uh, and to, sort of because he got so hot along with Fournier, Alfred Payton only plays 14 and a half minutes uh, there as well. I'm not really optimistic about his future overall, but he should be a, a better bet for, you know, 25 than than the normal 14 that happened. It just happened that sort of in terms of game flow, Fournier and Mazzoni were red hot, and, uh, you know, uh, Scott Skiles left, him, left them in the game. So um, let's go ahead and move on from that game and talk about the next one here on tap. If I can happen to find it, this is what happens when you start clicking around trying to get some extra information. All right, Atlanta versus Miami. Uh, Miami uh, comes up with a nice, impressive win against a tough Atlanta defense, 105 to 87. Uh, Your thoughts on what happened to the Atlanta Hawks in this matchup? Well, it's not just this matchup. I mean, they've been playing bad for a couple weeks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last week I excused him when, you know, Millsap had a, I think he had a death in the family, you know, left the team for a couple of days. He missed a game or two. I can excuse that, but they just don't look good from top to bottom. Um, you know, the Jeff Teague, Dennis uh, Schroeder situation, you know, neither one of those guys is getting enough minutes to really be like a great option for fantasy. Um, you know, Kyle Korver hasn't been hitting his jump shots as often lately. And if he's not making his threes, he has no value for fantasy. Um, I guess Bazemore's been playing a little bit better and seeing minutes, so he's viable. Horford, I think, is having a pretty bad season. Um, he's been getting abused on the defensive end by a lot of people, and if you don't believe me, I'm just going to read one stat line to you. 13 points, 12 rebounds, um, you know, one block shot, three steals for Amare Stoudemire in this oh my, one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the, I, I, the only thing I take away from Miami is – you know, Stoudemire is going to be filling in for Whiteside. I'm not recommending him. I don't think you should go get him. It's just a statement that I'm making. <laughs> yeah, and then to, to a lesser extent, too, Goran Dragic is back. He only played 23 minutes in this game, uh, but nine points, four, four assists. So uh, all this means now is, like, for those of you who are trying to get some value out of Udra or Tyler Johnson, you can officially stop now um, because, you know, Udra, you know, he played 25 minutes, actually more minutes than Dragic, but... As this goes, with Dragic gets healthy, he's going to get back into that 30-minute range, and he'll pop up and have his games where he, you know, um, is the one of the better players for Miami. They played a really pretty balanced game uh, overall, with no nobody scoring more than 18 points, um, and you know, sort of everybody doing their duty. This is and this is the good as you're ever going to get if you hadn't, couldn't tell by Benny's like. Um, tone on Armari Sotomayor. He's not an ad. He's not going to do this again. And he's, you know, uh, a player who's not relevant at all for fantasy. If you want to... Yeah, and Whiteside's not out for the year. If Whiteside's out for the year and you want to take a flyer, I understand. But Whiteside will be back in the next week or so. So if you're picking him up, it's as a streaming option for one or two games and you're getting rid of him. Right. And then you know what you need to do if you're a Jeff Teague owner or Dennis Shooter owner is hold tight. Because that situation is going to get better for one of those two. There's a good chance that Jeff T gets traded by the deadline. And I actually would advocate sort of trying to go out and trade for Dennis Shooter. Although anybody who's paying attention should know what's up and shouldn't give him away for anything cheap. Because this guy is going to quickly be a 30-minute-plus player. And is going to be pretty pretty valuable in terms of fantasy com- coming soon here mm-hmm. uh, overall. All he had to do is just make it to the trade deadline at the end yeah. of the month. So I actually think both of them are, are by low candidates. Because right. if they trade either one of them, 
that opens up. Obviously, the team that they trade one of them to is probably going to be looking to use them bigger minutes. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're like splitting the game. So if it's splitting the game, it hurts them both. Right. If one of them, either one of them gets traded, they're both going to be in a situation where they'll probably play 30-plus minutes. So I think it's upside is coming for both of them as long as it's trade. If they hold on to both of them at the trade deadline, you can definitely drop or look for better options because the way it is right now, I don't really like either one of them. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. All right, um, so let's go move on to the next game here. Dallas scores 91 versus 78. This is like one of the slowest pace games uh, overall that we could have could have hoped for, expected uh, this season. Dirk Nowitzki does not play. Nobody. It's almost like everybody in Phoenix did not play outside of Devin Booker. Uh, your thoughts on uh, this matchup uh, overall? I really think at this point, and again, you know, Everything changes today. It's all out the window with the Hornacek situation and a new coach. But Devin Booker lately has been the only guy on Phoenix that I think is rosterable. And I do think he's rosterable because he's at least seeing guaranteed minutes. And he's been pretty consistent, you know, putting up some points. Doesn't usually give you as much in the other categories as he did in this game. He went 19, uh, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block in this game, which is which is really good. Um, he usually doesn't give you that much in the you know, rebounding assist department, but he can score, he can hit some threes, and he's playing a lot of minutes. I think when Brandon Knight comes back, that ruins any value that Archie Goodwin has. So, you know, I don't think he's a viable long-term option. And then I don't want to mess around with this whole situation in the front court. You got Mirza, P.J. Tucker, Tyson Chandler, Alex Len, Markeith Morris, you know, T.J. Warren. There's just too many guys that are seeing, you know, John Lure when he comes back. Like, there's just too many guys that are seeing a couple minutes for me to really want anything on that side. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. The only thing that we need to find out is uh, what Brad Knight's timetable is because Archie Goodwin is ownable and rosterable and, you know, probably not a DFS play anymore because the price has been elevated and he has been meeting that price in, in some time here overall. So the only thing we need to know is how long can we get um, – uh, value of it. and so basically, as of January 28th, Brandon Knight without a timetable for uh, for a turn gets ruled out for Sunday. What the, this to me, this is probably a pretty serious injury, is what it would you you know when they say first that he's at least out four games, and then three days later that he has, he says he's not has no timetable, and you and you don't even get anything close to an update. I would say he's got to be out for at least another week. You know, this so this groin injury could be much worse than than we thought. And here's the other thing too: is if this is something that's really tough for him to come back from, and um, you know, he doesn't recover quickly, he could just be a shutdown candidate there as well. So you know, there's no reason for Phoenix to do anything other than you know play the youngsters and not jeopardize, jeopardize their potential draft position because they need all, as many ping pong balls as they can get. They also need the Lakers to start winning some games as well to help them out. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, well, you know the Lakers. By- Byron Scott will not let that happen. Yeah, of course. Byron Scott immediately talking about how Larry and Nance Jr. needs to get the starting job back. Now that's, you know, a joke and a half. All right, so yeah, nothing else to really derive um, out of this matchup on the on the on the Dallas side. Everybody does basically their job, with with the exception of, you know, um, Raymond Felton enters the starting lineup for uh, Dirk Nowitzki and doesn't do anything special. Ten points, you know, six of six rebounds, which is fine, but. You know, you can obviously cannot depend on that. So we will move on from that game. Let's go ahead and talk about the Golden State Warriors, forty-four and four. Um, it's almost like like boring how many games in a row they've won, except the Philly game on uh, the other. I believe it was Saturday. Uh, became fairly interesting over since they came all the way back from a twenty-four point lead. Um, 
But, you know, Draymond Green gets a star triple-double. I don't really think we need to waste much time other than saying Steph of Curry 5017 is an aberration and nobody's going to sell you low on him or anything no. else like that. Everybody owns Clay Thompson and, you know, Harrison Barnes is not an exciting player overall that's not going to be super consistent. So as far as I can tell, and I think you agree with me, there's nothing to learn from the Golden State game, correct? Well, here the only thing the only thing I want to add, Clay Thompson has been playing not just well, but like exceptionally well mm-hmm. lately. So if you know somebody that you can pry him off of for cheap, I really like him for the rest of the season right now because I mean, good luck. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, do you really think that anybody's going to sell him? I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, I, well, here's here's what I'd say. Like right now, I would trade Clay Thompson. I would trade Demar Derozan for Clay Thompson. I would trade Middleton for Clay Thompson. So if I had any of these other shooting guards, I would rather have Clay Thompson for the rest of the season right Those now. Also, that's very interesting because I'm actually on the other side of that. I think that because there's beast on that team named Draymond Green and Steph Curry that I would rather have DeMar DeRozan because it really is a two-man show out there in Toronto and Middleton has been taking over uh it's you know uh, and and that's how much I like Clay Thompson going for all right well that's pretty strong so I guess point taken uh I'm gonna agree to disagree with you on that one but I understand where you're coming from all right um so on the on, on the New York side of the ball here uh Carmel Anthony comes back in does pretty well. I mean, twenty four and ten, but you know it's a losing effort. Kristaps Porzingis uh, only plays twenty minutes, which is a little bit puzzling to me. But maybe they just decided once the fourth quarter got around that they didn't need to put him back in the lineup and sort of rested him. Uh, Aflalo it was terrible, and then the only thing of note here is um, Langston Galloway remained in the starting lineup because he had been playing pretty well. Uh, apparently, I mean, this is probably sort of related to some sort of injury that Jose Calderon has. And I expect Calderon to be back in the lineup, but I would hope that they, if for like the Knicks' sake, that they would just keep Langston Galloway um, in the lineup because he's a better overall player than Jose Calderon for sure. Uh, yeah. The only problem is, is you know Calderon is the guy who's getting super paid contract-wise. Mm-hmm. It usually means something for teams uh, who um, you know pay up at a, at a pretty strong level. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we can move on here and let's go ahead and talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, staying in the mix here, losing by three to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, it's a little bit surprising to me that Minnesota's 14 and 35, but they're starting to do some of the right things that we uh, said they should do, um, you know, which is uh, get Gorgie Jane some extra minutes. He, he did a, had a nice game, not a great game, you know, 13 and 10. Carl uh, Anthony Towns has gone next level on us overall. This is like his, I don't know, what, third or fourth straight game where he went straight beast mode. 21 uh-huh. and 13 is not like world beating but when you throw in two steals and and three blocks and he hit a three he literally did everything that you can possibly do um in this spot and then ricky rubio continues to hate on on uh, zach levine in this spot but he actually played pretty well for the first time in forever uh shot six to seven scored 15 points with nine assists uh anything else that we need to um sort of guess about or learn from the minnesota or the portland side no i i really like when Dang and or Pekovic gets in there with Carl Anthony Towns. And I do like the fact that it's Dang a little bit more now because I think he has more upside than Pekovic does. I like Dang a lot moving forward, and I like Carl Anthony Towns even more than I did because he is a guy who's a stretch four. Like, he's a guy who should be playing out, you know, 15 feet away from the basket and, you know, having a chance to pass from there because he passes well or, or hit that little jump shot that he does because he shoots it pretty well. So I like him better now that he's playing more of that four-man role with Dang playing down low when they're on offense. So I love Carl Anthony Towns going forward. I like the way they're using him now more. 
and I hope KG sits out a few more games. Yeah, well, I hope KG just moves on to a coaching role altogether. That would help everybody else out. Um, and then on the Portland side here, not too much to really think about or understand. Alan Crabb continues to get some minutes. Gerald Henderson has been um, getting more minutes as of late, but it's not doing a ton with him overall. 11 points, want two rebounds. You'd like to see him do something else besides, you know, score the ball and even didn't take a ton of shots. Still hate the Portland front line overall. Nothing to, to learn there. And C.G. McCollum and Dan Lillard are the only ones you can cons- consistently count on for fantasy value. So that, in a nutshell, wraps up everything you need to know about Portland for fantasy. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you said. It's either C.J. and Lillard or move Nothing. on. Yes. Um, all right, and the last game that we need to talk about here, which you know sort of ties into our uh, end-of-the-show question that we got from uh, one of our, our listeners, Omar, that came to us uh, via um, uh, K-Train. So uh, King Kreitz and Silver to me wanted to talk about Roy Hibbert, and I, I'm guessing that this is about Roy Hibbert's fancy value long-term for the rest of the season because you know he struggled in this, in this matchup that was supposed to be pretty solid for the L.A. Lakers given that they have been starting Spencer Hawes and playing Frank Kaminsky up front. Uh, you know, and being and down two of their you know um, you know top players and Al Jefferson and in Cody Zeller, but Roy Hibbert you know goes oh four two rebounds. He does block three shots. Was absolutely terrible overall. Julius Randle um, you know ha- had a decent game, but you want him to get more shots than he did uh, overall. But you know once Kobe Bryant gets back to the lamp, no surprise there. Um, I think what you need to understand here is if you're thinking about rostering somebody other than Kobe Bryant um, when. Kobe Bryant is starting for LA. You just can't expect a lot of scoring volume overall because he's still doing the whole hateration thing where he really needs to take the most shots when he's actually one of the worst scorers uh, on that team. So uh, your thoughts on either side of the ball here from Charlotte or LA, and then we can sort of have a, have a discussion about um, Roy Hibbert's value the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, we know, you guys know how much I hate Byron Scott. I talk about it all the time. He's just giving everybody like 20 minutes or so, um, which basically takes everybody off the table. If I had to choose anybody on L.A., uh, Julius Randle's probably my favorite guy. Um, but again, he's more of like a backup. He's not somebody I would be comfortable starting every day. Um, the only other guy that I really like is Jordan Clarkson. But again, there's just such a log jam of guys, not much going on over there. You're getting some value, and I think you're going to get some more value out of, like, Marvin Williams and and MKG going forward. Um, We talked about MKG. If he's on your waiver wire, pick him up. Marvin Williams, I think, has solidified himself a nice role on this team, Um, even when some of these guys get healthy. Like, when Jefferson comes back in, I still think you're going to be seeing, you know, 25 to 30 minutes from Marvin Williams every game. So if you have him, hold on to him. I don't think Jeremy Lin has a lot of value long term. I think that eventually Batum's going to come back and go into the two holes. So you're going to have Kemba Walker and Batum with uh, MKG, and then you know however that big guys work out for them. Um, so that's basically the way I see it. I mean, if you have Kemba, you're probably starting them. You know, Kaminsky and Hawes, I still don't think are doing enough to be anything more than you know replacement level players for now or guys on your bench. Um, you know, Hawes is interesting as long as Zeller and Big Al are out. So. You know, that's about the only stuff I see on Charlotte. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. So not a lot of uh, overall fantasy value to derive from other so other than MKG, who's who's making it interesting uh, there with his return. And then the, with L.A., good luck. You know, Kobe's, Kobe Bryant's ruining a lot of things, ruining Jordan Clarkson's values. Uh, DeAndre Russell continues to get hated on. Julius Randle is scheduled to be hated on as soon as, um, uh, um, you know, Larry Nance Jr. comes back into the lineup. So... 
you know, uh, what you're hoping for is a Kobe Bryant injury so you can start getting some value or, or Larry Nance Jr. to remain out of the lineup so you can continue to play Julius Randle because otherwise it's going to be, you know, ugly at best. All right, um, so uh, before we move on to the, the, the whole Roy Hibbert section here, we want to let you know uh, that if you haven't joined DraftKings.com, you can be part of the action all season long here at DraftKings.com, the official fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire with Daily Fantasy. You don't need to spend months micromanaging your roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove uh, you're the uh, superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code RotoHoops to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's uh, promo code RotoHoops at DraftKings.com. Dot com. All right, now to quickly before um, we wrap up the show here, it's time to sort of evaluate Roy Hibbert and his replacement value overall. So we've talked about how bad he is. The you and I are unanimous. Is like we don't want to own Roy Hibbert anywhere, good or bad, no matter how minutes, many minutes they sort of guarantee him uh, overall. I think you're, we are, you and I are both in agreement there, Cor- correct, Minnie? Yeah, I mean it basically comes down to right now is, you know, what what can you get for him? Like what what is your replacement option? Because he's not giving you anything. I mean, he's averaging what like seven point six points a game and four rebounds and maybe a block. Like, you know, you can get that. You can get that. You can get better numbers than that from you know a backup center on most teams. Like I hate to say it, he he's not a guy that should be starting on it. You know, unless you're in like a fifteen team league and you're playing with two centers or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's probably not a guy who should be starting on your fantasy team. All right, so let's talk about some of these options that we have here overall. First name that bounces out to me here is Spencer Hawes, who has been getting an increased minutes, you know, playing 30, 30, 25 to 30 minutes in uh, relief of, Co- of Cody Zeller. It's only scored double digits in two of the past six, but um, has been a solid rebounder and actually assisting pretty well from the center position, which he, is, which he was known for coming out of Washington. Uh, overall, and grabbing some steals and, and blocking shots here and there. Would you rather have Spencer Hawes or Roy Hibbert rest of the way? All right, here's the way I'm going to say this. I would rather have Spencer Hawes right now because the production I'm getting from Roy Hibbert is horrendous, mm-hmm. but Spencer Hawes is not your long-term answer. Right. Spencer, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a stopgap for now while you keep trying to figure something out. Like, if you have Roy Hibbert now and you could drop him and pick up Hawes, mm-hmm. do that right away, but still try to work a trade somewhere with some of the guys that you have to bring in a better center because Halls will not be their starting center for the rest of the season. I would rather, I'm with you, I'd rather strain Spencer Halls and continue to figure something else out rather than mm-hmm. play Roy Hibbert. Uh, yes. Omer Sheik, who um, in the last two games here, after being garbage all season long, has sort of, sort of like woken up just a little bit. Uh, I mean, he only scored six and eight points in these past two games. Uh, but did score double digits with eight rebounds in um, January 21st uh, against Detroit. Um, but went for 11 and 13 rebounds and blocked seven shots in the past two games. Uh, would you stream Omar Sheik or even trust Omar Sheik the rest of the season over Roy Hibbert? I would take a Sheik over Hibbert. So if a Sheik is available, mm-hmm. you know, pick him up. But I'm not giving a rousing endorsement to him. Like, I think he's going to be a top fantasy option for the rest of the season. But, I, I mean, I, I hate to make it sound like we're hating on Roy Hibbert, mm-hmm. but he has more upside than Roy Hibbert for the rest of the season for me. All right, a couple more names here. Uh, Nene Hilario, who uh, has you know had a little spot there where he picked up his his minutes there, has scored double digits in three straight games. The rebounding numbers are terrible, but, you know, he's just not the same player uh, a- anymore. You take Nene Hilario the rest of the season over Roy Hibbert. 
it's close, which to me says I don't want either one of them because um, Nene right now is another guy who can't play 30 minutes a game. And there are guys out there who you can pick up off waivers who are going to play 30 minutes a game in most of your leagues. So I don't know if he would be a guy that I would really want. I would probably gun to your, take gun to your him. head. Gun to my head, I'd probably take him over Hibbard. But yeah. again, it's not somebody that, that I'm going to target. All right, unless you absolutely have to have the rebounds and the blocks, which is literally the only thing you can sort of expect Hibbert to beat Nene at, then I would take Nene just for overall value. But you're right, it's, it is ugly either way. How about streaming Alex Len here, who had a stra- uh, string where he played 27 minutes or more in four straight games and then got um, you know matchup played against New York and against Dallas uh, their uh, overall has been efficient and you know had d- three double-digit rebounding games uh, since January 19th uh, or Roy Hibbert. I'm, I'm going to say Alex Len, mm-hmm. but again, before I make that decision for the rest of the season, like I would pick Len up right now because I don't think you're losing much in the production. And Len has an upside of having some value based on how this new coaching change works out. The new coaching change could, you know, the front office could say, hey, listen, we know we're losing. You know, sit old man Tyson Chandler. Let's see what we got in this kid, Len. Um, you know, let's let Archie Goodwin play. Let's let Devin Booker play. You know, sit P.J. Tucker. Let's see what Warren can do. You know, they may decide to play some of these young guys a little more. We don't really know. But I don't think you're giving up any upside at all by just grabbing Len right now. And I think that there's more of a chance that Len could turn into something then Hibbard could magically reappear and become... Even when Hibbard was at his best, he wasn't a great fantasy option. You know, he, he added rebounds, he added blocks, which are things that you like. Um, but it wasn't like this guy was like a top 10 player at, at any point in his career. And on a bad team playing less minutes on the downside of his career, you know, I just think there's a lot of other players you'd rather have right now. All right, and the last guy that I'm going to mention to you here is um, Roy Hibbard or Clint Capella. I still think I would take Capella, but again, you know, it's... In, in, yeah, in limited yeah. action, Capella, you know, has, will alternate between scoring double digits and rebounding at like nine rebounds more per game. He has, you know, what, six blocks in the last three, uh, three games. So he's a, he's a factor in all the little things that you want him to do. The mm-hmm. only thing he really needs to do is get more consistent minutes. And if uh, Dwight Howard keeps yeah. racking up techs or keeps taking games off, like, you know, he's on Club Med rather than on the Houston Rockets... And he's mm-hmm. absolutely going to be more viable than than Roy Hibbert in my mind. Yeah. He's- and this is this is the same situation like with Alex Len is you're getting a guy who already is outproducing Hibbert, you know, with even limited minutes, yeah, right. And and these guys actually have a chance for upside. Like, mm-hmm. what's Hibbert's upside? What is all of a sudden going to make Hibbert produce twice as much as he can? If you give extra minutes to a Capella or a Lynn because of injury or just the team deciding to go, you know, with a different matchup or something like that they can actually get better than the numbers that they have now. And their numbers now are already better than the numbers you're getting from Hibbert. I totally agree with you there. So uh, you're not going to get any argument from me. All right, and so that's going to uh, wrap it up for today's show. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can check out Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. Check me out as well at JoshHatesFS, and it's at Rotowire for all your season-long and DFS uh, fantasy needs uh, tweeted out throughout the day all the latest and greatest content that uh, they have available at Rotowire. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.